I know I've used the statistics before, but we know that for every one Catholic that joins the church, six leave at the same time. So we, have, we had about eight Catholics join the church this year. And so at the same time, we had about 48 Catholics leave this year as well. But what I didn't really refer to, maybe explain, was one of the reasons why they leave it. And they leave for a particular reason. 43% or even 70% in another survey say that they leave the Catholic Church because they feel their spiritual needs are not being met. And so on one hand, it makes sense, but on the other hand, it doesn't. You see, Padre Pio, whenever he celebrated Mass, he celebrated Mass for three hours. And if you watch videos of him, he's crying, he's weeping, he has so much love for God. He's so connected with God. You know, thankfully for you, I'm not Padre Pio. And Mass won't be three hours. But you see, the Mass is our common experience of our spiritual life for many Catholics, because that's what you go to every week. And so the Mass is like rocket fuel for the soul. It's a gold mine of spiritual riches. And in our reading today, the gospel, we hear about the first mass after the resurrection of Jesus. And how do the disciples feel after this first mass? They say, we're not our hearts burning within us. They have this deep passion and love for God. But as we know, if you talk to your children or people, they say, ah, I didn't get that much out of mass. I don't like it. And you see, at the same time, we need to realize that what we put into Mass is what we will also get out of Mass. Imagine if I said to you that, ah, I don't get anything about going to the gym. And you ask me, well, what do you do? Well, I just sit there for an hour straight looking at the wall. I go every Sunday though, but I don't get anything out of the gym. Right? And so your friend, he'd say to me like, of course you're not getting anything out of the gym because you're doing nothing. So if you're not working out at the gym, you won't get any benefit going. And so in the same way too, if we come to Mass, but we don't pray from the heart, we're not going to get anything out of the Mass, or very little. And part of that is on the priests. We fail to educate you about what you're doing at Mass. We've told you how to say the Mass, but we've not taught you how to Pray the Mass. And that's what I want to do for you today. There are five S's in the way that you're going to pray the Mass. And so the S's are sin, speak, sacrifice, service, and satisfy. Okay, think about it. Say it again. Sin, speak, sacrifice, service, and satisfy. Sin. And this pertains to the first part of the Mass. We have to realize that, you know, maybe if we're not feeling connected at Mass, maybe it's because we haven't gone to confession in a while. We're also reminded as well, too, that if we have serious sin on our heart, we can't receive communion. We need to go to confession. But at the first part of the Mass, we are forgiven of our venial sins. I don't know if you guys knew that. I say, brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins. And at that point of the Mass, you're supposed to call to mind your sins so that you can be forgiven. The scriptures tell us that if we confess our sins to one another, we will be forgiven. And also at that part of the Mass, if you notice, we beat our breasts. And if you notice, I also bow my head as well too. 
And the reason I do that is because we're trying to imitate the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. We know that parable, the, the Pharisee, he's praying, thank God that you haven't made me like other people. But then the, the, Pharisee, the Pharisee, or the tax collector, is in the back. And what is he doing? His head is bowed, and he's praying. And what is he doing? He's also beating his breast. He's saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And when we do that, we believe that our sins are forgiven, as the tax collector's sins were forgiven in the parable. And so that's the first step when we come to Mass. We're called to bring to mind our sins so that we can be forgiven of them, so that we can enter into the celebration more deeply. So the second is speak. We need to realize that God is speaking to us. You, know, you notice after the gospel, I say, the gospel of the Lord. And then you say, praise to you, Lord Father Troy. No, right? You say, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Even though I'm reading the gospel, it's Jesus speaking to you. And so at the same time when we're at Mass, we do realize that God is speaking to you. At every moment of the Mass, in the music, in the words of the Mass, in the readings, in the homily. But what we need to have is we need to have this openness of heart to listen to God's Word. We need to have the silence in our heart so that we can hear His voice clearly. You know, the benefit of this is, is that whether the homily is good or the homily is bad, God is always speaking to you. And so you, because you're attentive to his word. And so I invite you to listen with the ear of your heart so that we have sin, we have speak, and now we have sacrifice. And like I mentioned before, one of the reasons why we are here is because we are offering sacrifice. In the ancient world, for Jewish people, when they came to, to the temple to, to worship, they brought a lamb, a goat, a bull, a pigeon, turtle doves. They brought animals to be sacrificed. And so in the same way too, what are we bringing to the Mass to sacrifice? If we don't bring anything to sacrifice, then we're not, we're not able to offer sacrifice in that way. And so we're invited to reflect on how we can sacrifice our time, our talent, or our treasure. But more importantly, not just our monetary gifts as a sacrifice, I want to encourage you as well to make a sacrifice of yourself. Because you are baptized, you are part of the body of Christ. And at each Mass, Jesus is being offered as a sacrifice, and therefore you as well. And so at Mass then, when Jesus is being offered as a sacrifice at the moment of consecration, what are you offering? Are you offering your dreams, your joys, your hopes, your pain, your sorrow, your suffering? See, imagine if you did this every week, you'd be holding nothing back from God. And that's how you enter into what I call the mysticism of the mass. And so then the next now is service. And so we know that the Eucharistic prayer is probably the hardest part for us to figure out. But one thing to help us understand is that who is the priest talking to when he's doing the Eucharistic prayer? Is he talking to you? No. Is he talking to Mary? No. He's talking to God, the Father. If you listen carefully, the priest is praying to the Father. And that's why sometimes I try to look up to signify to you that we're praying to the Father. And so at that part of the Mass, 
if we were going to do Eucharistic prayer number two today, if you listen carefully to the Eucharistic prayer after the consecration, you notice there are certain things happening. First, we're offering Jesus as a sacrifice. Then we're praying for the church. Then we're praying for the dead. And then we're praying for ourselves. And so in the same way too then, at the Mass, at that part of the Mass, you know, we're supposed to bring to mind people we want to pray for. Well, what priest do we want to pray for? What, or what thing in the church do we want to pray for? Okay, are there any people who have passed away that I want to pray for? I, I'm going to call them to mind. Oh, okay, do, do I want to pray for myself or for my family? What needs do I want to bring? At that part of the Mass, we're called to bring all of those offerings to God. And I call it service because it's your service of prayer. This is the time we offer our service for others through our prayer. And then finally, the last part of the Mass is satisfy. What are your deepest hungers and longings? Because we're called to bring this hunger to the Mass. If we don't have this hunger in the Mass, then God can't fill us. Not because He doesn't want to, but because we're already full. That's why Psalm 107 says, He satisfies the longing soul and He fills the hungry with good things. Because when we're hungry, we create the space for God to fill it. That's why before Mass, we have to fast at least one hour before receiving communion. So that when we come to Mass, we have this physical hunger, which is a sign of our spiritual hunger, so that God can truly fill us. And really, ultimately, at the end of the day, Jesus is the fulfillment of all our desires and longings. Everything good, true, and beautiful that we experience on this earth is a foretaste of what we will receive in heaven. That's why St. John Paul II says that it is Jesus whom you seek when you dream of happiness. So we need to come to Mass with this hunger so that God may satisfy it. And so, what sins do you bring so that God may forgive them? How is God speaking to you and are you listening to it? Are we bringing something to offer as a sacrifice to God? And who are we offering the service of prayer for? And what hungers do we bring so that God may satisfy them? Sin, speak, sacrifice, service, and satisfy. If you pray the Mass each week in this way, you will truly enter into the mysticism of the Mass and your soul will truly be filled with the life of God.